Detective Banks, do you know where your officers are? Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw Killer was dead. He is. Hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bus! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Jigsaw copycat. It's gonna go sideways fast. I'm a man like a spiral. All available units, officer down. That was just a diversion to get us out of the precinct. Spiral, 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 spiral. I need everyone on this case. It could be anywhere. It could be anyone. We're gonna tear this city apart. I'm a man like a spiral. Hello, Detective Banks. When was the last time you saw your father? And welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And we're about a week away, as I'm taping this, from the official start of the summer movie season, which is coming this year at the end of May, which is a little odd, but also, like, we're part of this, you know, experimental new norm, you know, right? With We're one year into this COVID pandemic that we've been in. Um, vaccinations are starting to roll out all across the U.S., um, things are starting to look uh, on the up and up, which is good, right? This is what we want. We want things to get better, right? We want to get back to some type of normalcy. Um, so, so that's good on that end. We've had some movies this year, and some of them have done exceptionally well. Um, and that includes Godzilla vs. Kong, which has been the strongest movie that has opened since the start of this pandemic. And that includes over movies like a Christopher Nolan Tenet. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, you know, it topped the superhero movie. So that was like a big event thing that kind of had a nice build up to it. And it was something that people wanted to experience on the big screen. Now, up until this point, it has grossed about 95 million. So we're in this again, it, we're kind of like in a reset, right? I don't, I don't think we're going to be in a world anymore, at least for a while, where we're going to see the, these movies breaking 300 million, you know, total box office. Or even something like Avengers Endgame that 
grossed close to or just about one billion worldwide. So it's going to be interesting for a lot of these summer movies coming out, which should have been, you know, a year ago, but obviously we couldn't do that. But now we're going to see how these movies are really going to cook in this new world. Now, basically, the way I'm looking at it, any of these movies that open above like 50 million, like the big movies, like a Fast and Furious 9, or even like a Black Widow, um, I'm considering that a success, even though we're still not fully open. I know there's theaters around the country that are not open right now, and, and, but we're slowly, slowly getting there. You know, New York and Los Angeles or California in general are, you know, still slowly reopening up. And I'm starting to see like, you know, people going out to the movies again, you know, little bits and pieces here and there. So I, I want to see how these movies are going to perform. And it all starts next week. With Cruella, but that one will also be on Disney Plus. But the one I really want to pay attention to is A Quiet Place Part 2. So this was supposed to premiere in April last year. And it had a very good following after the first movie. Like, it did a, a crazy amount of money at the box office for a first type of movie with Krasinski directing and, you know, Emily Blunt starring. And, and it did really well. And, and it got a lot of great reviews. I saw this at home i believe on 4k i didn't get to catch it in the theaters you know there was just a lot going on for me at that time and i thought it was a fantastic movie i can't wait to revisit it this week before i see part two which i'm going to and i think a lot of people are anticipating like a movie like this horror suspense you know big time blockbuster like made by a big studio movie uh we haven't seen that in a very long time so i'm interested to see how the audience is going to react to a movie like this how are they going to react to The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, that comes out the week after. Horror has been, has made such a huge comeback in this, uh, you know, these last couple of years where they're like big event movies. And The Conjuring universe, like, you can say whatever you want about those movies, like, they bank. And this is the third, only the third Conjuring movie, so again, it's been a couple of years since the last one. Um, I'll admit the, the marketing for it has been like, eh, it looks okay, it looks like a decent, you know, chapter in the series but we'll see and those aren't really my kind of movies uh will i check it out i don't know uh but I, but I, again from the business side of it i'm really interested to see how it does and then of course we're going to move into the latter part of june with fast and furious 9 and then in the early part of july it'll be black widow those are again two of the most important movies i think that are going to determine how things are going to go for the rest of the year um because I, I don't think we're going to get any more delays, but, you know, never say never. Things have just been so weird, and we, we just kind of have to roll with the punches. So, you know, Fast and Furious 9, I think, has already kind of pre-sold a lot of tickets uh, overseas, like in China and all that. And it's been, like, tremendous. There's, like, huge numbers for it. So I think that one's going to do really well. I think it's going to do really well here in the States. Um, the Fast and Furious movies have become, like, a really consistent bankable franchise where like i know we haven't had paul walker for a few years now but those movies continue to make money regardless and <laughs> specifically for me having john cena into this chapter uh makes it even more interesting like the last one the fate of the furious part uh what was it eight i didn't i didn't like that one at all i thought it was i i just thought it was horrible from start to finish i i could never really get into it couldn't get into the story it was really wacky this one it's got Justin Lin returning as director, so uh, I know he's going to put the action set pieces together. They Obviously, it's going to look even way more over the top. That's what these movies got to do. But at this point, like, I'm welcoming it. Like, whatever this, this 
franchise, wherever it takes it, I'm game. So just give me whatever with Fast and Furious as long as it's entertaining and fun. But yeah, summer movie season, it's, it's going to be interesting for us. Um, especially like I, I live here in Texas, so, um, they are officially like lifting like the mass mandate order. So people can start to go out to places and not have to be required to wear a mask. If you want to wear one and you're still not comfortable, that's fine. But we're, we're at a place now where a lot of people are getting vaccinated and, uh, you know, the CDC says it's okay for, those that are fully vaccinated to not have to wear a mask and that'll make it more of an enjoyable experience for for moviegoers going out to to see movies with crowds if they're if they're into all that so you know I, i'm expecting to see some some nice crowds next weekend for a quiet place part two the conjuring uh fast nine and then black widow like i'm looking forward to it it's it's gonna be a nice welcome sight and usually, like, around this time, like, I'm dreading, right? Like, because, like, oh, man, we're going to get slammed at work. We're going to get killed. But, no, this this year I'm like, please, please show up, people. Like, the like the fate of our industry, like, is is really, you know, um, in the balance here. So, you know, for the sake of our industry and just for the sake of saving the whole theatrical experience. Because I think that's still something that... It can't be duplicated, you know. You can watch Godzilla vs. Kong at home on HBO Max, but there's nothing like seeing that on the big screen. Nothing. And I saw that movie on the big screen, and I can tell you, I have HBO Max, and I was like, I had no interest in watching it on my TV, even though I have a badass, amazing TV, and it would look awesome. But nothing replicates it being larger than life and looking like you're in a a damn ride, looking at those you know gigantic monsters battling out on screen. You know, that's how I want to see Dominic Toretto and John Cena face off on the huge screen. Not on, I mean, I can watch it at home later on on home video whenever it releases, but as a first time watch, yeah, I want to see that on a big giant screen. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, a couple of other news bits before I get into my main event of the show, which is my review of Chris Rock starring in the latest Saw movie, Spiral. Yes, folks, it's a Saw movie, spoiler alert, uh, in case you didn't catch it from the, the little subtitle that it has and its marketing from the Book of Saw. It was basically just another Saw movie, so yeah. But that'll be coming later on. Uh, just a couple of other things I want to touch on before before we get to that. Um, we had a passing of uh, a legendary, like at least to me, because I, you know, I'm, I'm really into like movie stars and actors, and this guy wasn't like the biggest movie star, but he was one of those like. You know, when you saw him in something, like, he really stood out and gave, like, a, a memorable performance, and that was Charles Grodin. Um, for those of you that don't know, he's most famous for being in the, like, the buddy cop, like, kind of like the kickoff to all of that, or, like, one of the better ones with Robert De Niro in Midnight Run. He was in the Beethoven movies, at least the first two, I think, which I enjoyed as a kid, you know, the, those were fun family movies. And uh, he was just one of those guys that just had, like, this really fun presence when you would see him on screen. He would always play, like, this, like, annoying guy. Like, he looked annoyed all the time, but he was also very funny as well. You know, you watch the movie Clifford with Martin Short. Like, he's great in that. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter retweet clips of that movie, and it's like, I, I really want to rewatch that. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Uh, the Beethoven movies I own on VHS, so... Um, I'll probably give those a watch at some point. Um, the one movie that I've never seen of his and, uh, and you know, as much as I like to claim myself to be like the biggest movie buff and all that, and I know about it, but I haven't seen it and that's okay. You know, there's a lot of movies that I'm always, 
you know, haven't had the chance to see, but I'm, I'm going to make it a priority. Uh, and that's Midnight Run with with uh, with Robert De Niro and, and him. So uh, I'm going to catch that soon. And, you know, he was, what, 82 years old, I believe. So, I mean, he lived a pretty long life, you know. You know, usually <laughs> for males, I don't mean to be grim here, but usually I'm looking around the late 50s, early 60s for something like that. And to see some of these guys still ticking around you know like your stallones and your harrison fords that are like into your 70s 80s like i'm glad to see they're still around pacino de niro as well and, but charles groden 82 years old passed away this week and uh yeah it just sucks because you know they at least for him because it, it just brings back memories of your childhood and and movies that he was in so but but at least we have those memories to look back on right and we can reflect on his fun performances in those movies so he will be missed and but luckily we have those movies to look back on and and have a laugh or or cry or or whatever it is so rest in peace to him um another bit of news that came out this week or more like a visual look of what it's going to be you guys know me i'm a huge huge diehard friends fan and the trailer for the reunion of what that little special is going to be got released this week and we got our first look at the entire cast together for like the first time in like 17, 18 years since that finale wrapped. They did a reunion a few years ago where almost all of them were there, minus Matthew Perry, who played Chandler. Uh, but this is like the real true reunion. And, you know, we saw clips of uh, them reentering like, you know, famous sets from the show, like the, the apartment, Central Perk and all that stuff. So... It's going to be fun to revisit all that. I'm sure there's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of feelings that are going to go through when I'm watching all that. Um, it wasn't too long ago, you know, my daughters just recently got into the show and I, and I figured this would be a show that they wouldn't get into at least right now at this point in their lives. They're still kind of young and uh, friends was more of an, uh, a little bit more, you know, adult comedy, but they enjoyed the hell out of it and they could relate to certain characters like certain characters. So as, you know, as a father, you know, I get to relive that for the first time through them. And that was awesome. And they've rewatched the series about a good three or four times, like in a row. Like, it's crazy. The show is like over 280 plus episodes, something like that, right? 10 years, a lot. That's a lot of episodes. And they like breezed through a lot of it, like really quickly. So I can't wait to to watch that reunion with them. I know. My littlest one has been, you know, up to date and, you know, just been following all of that as it's been like filming and rapping and, you know, when's it going to air? So she's been up to date on that. Uh, I'm sure she's seen the trailer. Um, I've sent her a couple of text messages <laughs> of just like telling her, hey, the Fred's reunion's coming. It's, you know, the trailer's out, the poster's out, all that stuff. So I'm sure she's aware of everything that's going on. So that's, that's going to be coming on the 27th and it's going to be on HBO Max, which, by the way, folks, HBO Max is like very low key, like kind of like the best streaming service right now. I know everybody talks about Disney Plus, and of course you have your standard of Netflix and even Hulu, but HBO Max has done a really good job of the content that they have on theirs, including like their original shows and integrating the whole HBO part of it uh, with it, um, including this uh, this Friends special, which is going to get a lot of subscribers. Like I was looking at the trailer view for for it on twitter and this is just on twitter alone there's been like over 10 million views like in the like over a day and this is a show that was like from the 90s 
So you, you better believe there's going to be a lot of people that are going to subscribe to watch. There's going to be a lot of people talking about it on social media. It's going to be a lot of fun to revisit. Um, I'm more familiar with it as far as like the whole series recently, just because of my daughter's rewatching it. But just getting to see them back together is always a big deal. Would I have loved for them to do like a, an actual episode to see where their characters are um, like now in the present day? That would have been cool too, but... I'm I'm fine with this. All of them reuniting, just reminiscing on old stories and maybe like some stuff that we don't know that will come out in this thing. I, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be. Again, there was just clips of them like recreating the sets and them showing up on there. They were doing like a table read for a certain episode from the past. And then I think they're going to get interviewed by like James Corden, which, you know, he's whatever. And there's going to be a lot of guest star appearances on the show. So um, that's going to be interesting to see. And I'm going to be doing an episode uh dedicated to this friends reunion special and i have booked a guest for it and i won't reveal it just now but that'll be coming very very soon once the the reunion does land on hbo max again that's coming may 27th and lastly before we take our break here and then go to the main event um guys uh the show is called palace off the top rope that is for those of you that don't know that is a wrestling reference that's when someone goes to the top rope of, of a wrestling ring and does like a high fly maneuver, whether it be an elbow, a flip, uh, whatever. That's, and they call it coming off the top rope. So that's why I've named the show because I'm such a diehard wrestling fan. And, you know, it's been a part of my life since I was a kid. So, and I think it always will be in some way. But I gotta tell you folks right now, like, <laughs> I've been in and out of WWE for a while now, but I can tell you, um, I haven't watched since WrestleMania, like, in a full show and even before wrestlemania i was like in and out on whatever and then social media is the only way i'm caught up I, like i just don't watch their television shows anymore it's just it's become really bad like there's nothing about it that interests me and they had a pay-per-view this past week called wrestlemania backlash which is a weird name in itself why would you put a non-pay-per-view with a wrestlemania title on it you're just you know diminishing the wrestlemania name but anyways, I turned on this show on Sunday, right? I'd co- come home from work and, and I totally forgot it was on. And I was like, eh, let's, let me, you know, fire up the Peacock app and let's see what's going on. And literally as I turned it on, there is a swarm of zombie-like characters eating a wrestler and everybody acting horrific as if this thing is actually taking place. And I thought, why, why? <laughs> Why do I, why do I even try to watch this now? What, what, ju- what justification do I have for watching WWE right now? Like nothing about it, this product is any good. And, um, yeah, I, I'm going to say this straight up and, and I mean it. I'm done with WWE until Becky Lynch returns, whenever that is. I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, I wish it would happen tomorrow because then I, you know, WWE wouldn't lose me as a viewer. But I'm done with them for now. Like, there's nothing entertaining about that show. It has become so unwatchable and so horrifically bad. There's been a lot of bad stuff in WWE for years. But now it's to the point where it's like the nothing about the show is interesting. And I don't mean to disrespect, like, the wrestlers on that show. Like, some of them do try really hard. And there are some good characters. Like, uh, you know, Bianca Belair, the new SmackDown Women's Champion. But there's not there's nothing there for me to be, like have my eyes glued to the television set as when it comes to her or anybody on that show or any anything going on on Raw SmackDown even NXT NXT used to be the most fun wrestling show uh that there was 
and now it's become stale and it's just there. Like there's nothing fun about it. Um, I've been watching AEW as well. And that one I've started to get more on track with and watch weekly. And they're delivering such a better product, especially from what I want to see, you know. And and given, like, they don't put, like, the best product all the time. There's a lot of misses as well. But overall, like, as a consensus, like, they're at least trying, you know, to, to give wrestling fans what they want and making it a, a soap opera s. They're, they're, they're telling stories. They're not doing, like, a bunch of, like, weird random stuff that doesn't make sense, like zombies in a match like what's going on over there in WWE like I get it they're they're more of a corporate brand they're appearing appealing more to kids and you know they have sponsors to live up to and all that stuff so I get it like WWE's like Disney they're a corporation now like they're getting their money they're getting all that they just need to put out whatever content it doesn't, it doesn't even have to make sense they just got to put out content and that's all there is now and I I've, I've come to accept that like that that's what WWE is going to be forward going forward like we're past the days of like the attitude era and even the ruthless, ruthless aggression era where they would tell stories weekly and matches would mean uh, you know matches and stories they would all mean something it would all lead to something it would all you know evolve and they would continue on and grow the characters now like stuff just happens out of nowhere they'll drop things out of nowhere and it's just very very bad television and again it's it's headed by a guy that's just completely completely out of touch and just doesn't know how to do a wrestling television show anymore with good storytelling good matches and just you know good characters and that's what AEW is doing do they hit the mark with everything no but they are trying and and they're doing their best to give us that and they they're on the up and up and they just keep going up Yesterday, it was revealed that they're going to be moving the Dynamite television show, which is currently right now on TNT. They're going to be going to TBS. And that's a pretty, you know, it's not a, it's not like the best move, but it's still like consistent. Like they're at least they're committed to them and they're giving them a second show, which will be on TNT and that will air on Fridays. I think, I believe after SmackDown. So they're, they're continuously gaining momentum. Like they're always in the news for the right things. WWE is always like, in the news for like the what the hell was that like or what's going on here like with the, with the ratings dipping and and all that and yes they still have like the highest ratings when it comes to like smackdown like they're the highest rated wrestling show but it's not by a lot like they're they used to draw like four four million average right viewers and this is like post attitude era because nothing i think will ever be as popular as the attitude era when they were drawing like seven eight million fans like a week but even during like the ruthless aggression era, they would draw like decent enough ratings, and even through the John Cena years, they would still like garner good ratings. But ever since like the pandemic started, like the things have dramatically decreased, like big time. They've gone from like three all the way down to like below like or to the like one million. Like that's how low they've gotten. And right now, SmackDown is like at a decent like two million. And they're all, like, on a national broadcast channel. Like, that channel is available, like, all over the world. You don't even need cable. You can sometimes just get one of those little, like, antennas and you can get Fox. So, like, there's no excuse for them. They should be drawing, like, four or five million. But the product is so bad, they can only average two million. And I'm sure Fox is looking at them being like, hey, like, you're supposed to be WWE. You're supposed to be, like, the brand. And, you know, over here on the side, we keep hearing about, TNT and TBS and Turner all like, you know, gloating about AEW's rise in the demographic, the 18 to 49 and, and all that stuff. 
getting a new show, you know, more commitment to them. And yes, WWE sold its stuff to Peacock, which I'm sure didn't make Fox all too happy. So the network lives there. So WWE gets their money. So what, what does Vince McMahon care, right? He's getting the money. It's not even about the product anymore. It's just about the revenue and just putting whatever content out there. But yeah, I'm going to say it right now with a hundred percent confidence. I'm done with WWE until Becky Lynch returns. Cause that's the one character that I gave a damn about even before the pandemic. She was like the, my last string of, you know, hanging on to WWE like for life. Because John Cena is like pretty much transitioned into movies now. I know he'll come back eventually and do like a couple of appearances here and there, but he's not a full timer anymore. Like those days are over. And they have, and WWE has yet to like create like the next big star. And that used to be like a thing for WWE. Like there was always a guy in the wings waiting to take this company to like the next level. And John Cena did his best and he did it for longer than, you know, Austin did it, than Rock did it. They were bigger stars, but John Cena was there for longer and did as best as he could. And he's no longer like that for them. So it's just really, really bad television. So until that girl returns, that woman, Becky Lynch, you know, whenever she decides to, then they'll have my intention fully again. And even then, we'll see what kind of nonsense they put her in because, whoo boy, some of this TV, man, it's... How can you sit through two, how many hours? So you got three hours on, on Monday, two hours on Tuesday. That's five already. Another two on a Friday for SmackDown. You're looking at seven hours weekly of television for WWE. That's just totally unwatchable. It's not going to, it's not going to cut it. Not in today's world. Not going to cut it. That's it for the couple of news bits that I wanted to cover. And let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll talk about the new movie called Spiral, another Saw movie starring Chris Rock. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. And you just heard there that little spot there for A Quiet Place Part 2. Isn't the phrase now only in theaters? Isn't that more relevant now than ever, at least for 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 someone like me in this industry, in this line of work that I'm in? Like that is so – has never been like so important now, especially for movies that are specifically getting this treatment like A Quiet Place Part 2. Yes, the window is shorter now. I believe it's like 45 days. Like I was looking at Blu-ray.com the other day. Cheap little plug there. That's where I go to check out where, you know, all the upcoming releases of Blu-ray, 4K, all that stuff. And I was looking at the list and I was going through the months seeing like what, what 4Ks are coming out. And I looked at July. I think like middle of July. And A Quiet Place Part 2 is already listed on there. So like the window is like super short, right? It's coming out next week, May 28th. And you're telling me at July, you know, it's going to come out on Blu-ray already. Like that's, it's crazy. The pandemic has affected one thing and it's the window. For theatrical releases. That's the only thing that has changed forever. So like if the Dark Knight were to come out, you know, next week, I would be getting to watch it sooner over and over again at home on Blu-ray by July, by the end of it. So that's the only thing that has really drastically changed. Like I think movie crowds and 
big box office numbers will eventually get there again, like slowly. Like, will it ever get to the heights that it did for Avengers Endgame? That's that's wait and see. But, you know, we'll still get our $100 million movies and $200 million if it's really good, 250 if it over-excels, 300 if it's just like this phenomenon. But we're going to have to work our way back there. So it's kind of like a, like I mentioned this at the beginning, it's like a reset. So I'm going to see which movie is going to do it first. Godzilla vs. Kong looks to be the first one that's going to hit $100 million, But, you know, I'm looking at Fast 9. That one's going to do it. Um, Black Widow, you know, the Disney Plus, you know, premiere at home doesn't affect it. I can see that doing over $100 million. So, again, it's wait and see. But, again, I love, you know, theaters need to take advantage. Movie, these movies, these studio movies need to take advantage of the only in theater part, especially if they're just going that route. So we know we're doing that with Universal Paramount, Disney, you know, is going to lead the way. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Warner Brothers put a temporary thing this year by having both simultaneously on their streaming app and uh, in theaters. But they've already said that starting next year um, that they're going back to the theatrical release. But the window will be shorter. Um, another little bit of news that came out this week, and this concerns the movie Dune, which comes out in October that one's Warner Brothers as well. So it was supposed to be uh, a simultaneous release with HBO Max, but I believe they won like a lawsuit because there's like there's a whole lot of stuff at stake for actors when they sign on to big movies like this. But, you know, because some of them do sign up for you know box office receipts. They they get a lot of revenue in return, so that's why they they want these movies to make profits in the theaters because they'll get extra money in their bank accounts. Um, so I believe the the makers of Dune and all that they won the the right to have that movie distributed specifically in theaters only, which it's a win-win for me. Like I could care less about that movie. It looks like whatever I've seen Dune. I saw it in high school. So I, you know, I don't need to see that again. Um, but that, that's good news for the movie theater business. Cause it's, it, it leaves it as an only in theaters type thing, which I love, um, you know, streaming. Okay. I I'm fine with it. I like it, but you know, give our big studio movies. Let, let us still have those as theater exclusives. Like give us that. Shorten the window if you want, whatever. Movies nowadays make their movies like in their first three weekends anyway. So, And that even includes Avengers Endgame. I'm, I'm throwing that out there a lot because Avengers Endgame was like the biggest successful movie of all time. So, yeah, it made most of its money in its first three weekends. So this is a huge win for the movie theaters for Dune coming up in October. So, yeah, that was the last bit of news. Let, let's get to my review of the week. Spiral starring Chris Rock. I don't know who directed it. I know Chris Rock executive produced it and was had a hand in in this movie. Again, one of these movies that was supposed to premiere last year, but because of the pandemic, everything got pushed a year. So here we are now. And uh, I went to go see this with a group of friends. I hadn't really, I, I you know, I've been back in the movie theaters to, to watch movies myself. Not only work there, but, you know, I've seen a couple of movies and sometimes I'll go most most of the time I go on my own. Uh, but there's a couple of times where I'll go with like one person, two max, but it's just like a little group of people. And I hadn't, you know, been in a group like that in a very long time. Not because I, 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 you know, didn't want to, it's just, I never really get those opportunities, but luckily I've met some people, some good people. And, you know, they, they wanted to go check this one out and they invited me and I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm down for that. Like, um, I, I knock some of these IP franchise movies, but you know, I'll still go see them. And, uh, I, I, I'll admit I'm not the most knowledgeable on the Saw franchise. I've seen the first two movies, which I did like, but then I thought it just became 
redundant and a lot of the same stuff. And if you don't feel that way, that's your prerogative. But that's just the way I feel about this. Some of these these franchise like horror suspense movies, they become about the same thing, and they they splurge out like seven or eight movies. Like I couldn't even tell you what number saw movie this was. And I think, and this is a hot take. I think the only reason they called this movie Spiral was so they won't, wouldn't have to call it Saw 25 because when audiences now see numbers attached to a movie, like a big number, they're like, man, another one of these? Like, Fast and Furious can get away with it. Um, Rocky got away with it up until part five, like, you know, back in the 80s. Um, but for the most part, like, nowadays, everyone looks for some wacky, sometimes generic titles so that way you don't see a number attached to a sequel. Like, for example, The Conjuring. This is The Conjuring 3. Now, if this movie comes out in like 2010 or whatever, it would just have the, it would just be called The Conjuring 3 and that's it. But now they gotta get creative, right? How are you gonna sell the audience? Like, to make them come out and make them not think like, oh, this is part, what part is this again? You know, just have that in their mind. So this one's called The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Now, that sounds, that sounds a little bit more interesting than just The Conjuring 3. But there's some movies, again, there's exceptions to the rule. Toy Story. They released the fourth movie, uh, I believe, what was it, 2019, and it, banked like it banked more than the third one like so there's exceptions to the rule but for the most part now everybody is coming up with titles bill and ted had their highly anticipated like third movie that was like so many years in the making and instead of just calling it bill and ted three they call it bill and ted face the music like you know little generic title but it doesn't make it look like it's just oh this is part whatever you know what i mean like movies are having to do that now so i think that was a big reason in calling this movie spiral it sounds different. It's like, oh, is this going to be like completely different from what we've seen before? But here's my review of it. So after actually sitting through it, I was bored out of my mind. It was like the same mindless, like, oh, let's put somebody in a weird trap and then this unnecessarily sadistic violence. And I'm like, I'm okay with the violence part and the gore of it. But like when that becomes like your only selling point, like, gosh, man, who are you making these movies for? Like, there's people that just they get off on this just the gore and stuff like i want a good story but it was like the same thing the exact same thing and even like the villain was like such a nothing right um so the one of the interesting elements of the jigsaw character was he had that scary little like like muppet or whatever it was a like a i don't know what it was and it was on a bicycle and it was creepy and then whenever Jigsaw would talk to you through, like, whatever coded message he had, he had, like, a scary voice, like, you want to play a game? Like, just something like that. And this geek in this movie, this villain, was talking like this. You're, you're, you're so-and-so. You, you, you did this crime years ago, and now you will pay. And, and he talked, he sounded like such a geek. And, and that took me out of the movie, you know, right out, right out of the gate. Um, this movie's like, lighted in a weird bluish color tone which made it seem like a, a spoof so whenever chris rock is in this movie and he's the star of it he's acting like oh, a tough guy throwing the f-bomb here f-bomb there uh, a lot of it feeling forced um it, it felt like an snl sketch like that's it felt like if you were doing a spoof of a saw movie it would look like this trying to make it a little bit more serious than it needs to be and uh it was just goofy uh, Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie too. And whenever they interact with each other, him and Chris Rock, like that's good because, you know, these guys are like legends and they've been around forever and they know how to banter and make it funny and all that. So that stuff's cool. 
But when it gets to all the other stuff, it's like, oh, this is the same fucking movie. Like, I'm tired of recycling old IP. Again, you were trying to be clever and call this Spiral and make it seem like it was something not related to Saw, but it basically was just a Saw movie. Uh, it just didn't have the Jigsaw character who was a more interesting villain. And here it was just some guy. I'm not going to reveal who it is or, or who it was in the movie, but once you, it, it was like, when it when it happens, right? When the reveal happens, right? Because it's always like that twist where they want to get you, right? But it's like it was. I saw it coming a million fucking miles away, and I I spoke to the guy next to me when I was uh, the guy uh, sitting next to me in the movie. I was like, ah, I, when when this little one thing happens in the movie, I was like, oh, that it's that guy, like it's him, like it. Could you not make it more obvious? And then when he does his big reveal, and he's like the big baddie or whatever or vigilante, because I'm, I'm gonna put it out there, and I don't want to get too political on this but this is an anti-cop movie like it's so this is so the narrative they wanted to put out there and yes like there's bad cops or that did stuff in this but the the narrative they're trying to push is like that these cops like basically all cops are are deserving of this like these torture traps that they go through so again that that just turns me off in this society that we're in this anti-cop narrative like all cops are bad i i'm just over that and that again was another thing that threw me off but more than anything, it was just repetitive, it was boring, and the twist was nothing. I saw it coming a million miles away, and there was just nothing there was nothing different about it. It was just another entry. Like if you're gonna do this, like at least tell a more interesting story and, and do something like make the, the traps and all that stuff mean something or instead of just going straight in for the gore. And again, I know that's what a lot of what Saw is, but if you're trying to make this different, right? It's not right. It's not literally Saw. It's from the book of Saw. No, no, it's another fucking Saw movie. Like all these geeks are trying to tell me, no, it's, just, it's a spinoff. Like, no. Did you watch? What movie were you watching? It was the exact same thing. Spiral. Uh, big thumbs down for me. If you want to get my star review out of it, I review movies one to four. I would give this like, I'd give it a two because it's watchable. But am I going to sit through this thing again? I hope not. Like, <laughs> If someone were to have a movie night and like, this is the movie we're watching, guys, I'll be like, I'm out. I'm going to head home. Like, I'll go watch some, you know, Stallone movie or I'll watch Heat for the 10,000th time. But, yeah, you know, I mean, there's moments in this movie, but overall it's a bore fest. If you're into the Saw franchise, again, if you you like what you like, right? Okay? So if you're into these movies and, and they're for you, great. But just because they're for you and I don't like it and, and I have different feelings on it and I think it's just the same old shit, that's no reason for you to get upset about it or for you to be like, oh, you're just a hater, man. No, it's just my opinion. It's what I think of it. Like, deal with it. Like, grow up. Grow up. Like, if you're so bothered by my opinion of a movie that differs from what you felt about it, then you're not confident in the thing you like. And I say that all the time on social media. It doesn't matter what I think. I'm a nobody. I'm just throwing my opinions out there. And that's the difference between me and you is because I'll like a movie and you may not, but that doesn't affect me at all. Like I could give a rats, I could give a rip what you think of what I think is the best movie ever or the best movie this week or this day. It's my feelings on it and they don't get ruined by people that are negative about it. So I feel like it shouldn't be that way for you either. Like who cares what I think? Like what you like. And I'm not recommending Spiral. Um, there was another movie out this week that I wanted to catch, and this one, I'm running out of time, so maybe I might watch it on HBO Max, and that's Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie, which is not an IP movie. It's a movie with actors in it and going through, you know, situations where, you know, it's not all CGI 
or whatever. I'm sure there is, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's an actor driven movie. It's not driven by gimmicks. So I'm gonna try to catch that soon, and maybe I'll I'll do a review next week on it. Um, plus, it just looks really interesting. So, but that's my review of Spiral. Again, if you liked it, good for you. Saw 27, whatever. Enjoy. They're probably gonna make more because they're super cheap to make. That that's the one thing that's benefiting this franchise is that these movies, like the Paranormal Activities and the Purge movies, like they they cost like super cheap to make. That's why they make like fifteen of them like yearly. Um, but I, I again, I'm I'm excited and I and I like my IP movies. But you know, in doses, like I don't need one every week. Like the next big one, you know, Fast and Furious. Like I'm excited for that. But that earned it right through years and years of those movies, like trying different things. So. Excited about that. I'm excited about Matt Damon. He's got a movie coming out called Stillwater. You know, it's a father looking for a daughter, like drama, suspense type movie. Like, give me that. Give me those movies too. It can't just be Marvel and Star Wars and IP all the time. Like, give me straight up like movies like that with movie stars in the role and whatever story it presents. Whether it's good or not, it remains to be seen. But a movie where you can just go and it's like, oh, hey, look, the new Matt Damon movie's out. I want to go check that out. Like, I want that to continue to be a thing. And not just be like, oh, Saw 26 or, you know, Star Wars 20, um, the next Marvel movie. And just because it's Marvel, you're not going to a Marvel movie to see it because of the actor. You're now going to see it because of the product. No, movie stars need to still be a thing. I will always push and, and want for that, like, big time. So, you know, it was a, it was an amazing sight to see this week that Mad Damon trailer came out. Like, and I, di- I didn't even really know about it. And I saw it come up, and I'm like, hell yeah, give me that. Like, it doesn't look like the most interesting, like, eye-popping, like, popcorn movie. But I can guarantee you I will be in a movie theater watching that opening weekend. Because I want those movies, too. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I didn't want to make it too long. But don't don't go see Spiral, guys. Like, wait next week, Quiet Place Part 2. If you're waiting for an IP movie, I think that one's going to deliver. You know, Disney, you know. I'm on the fence with them about certain stuff, but Cruella's out next week too, so if you're into that, Emma Stone, I love her to death, but this doesn't interest me, but you know, who knows? It's two hours and a half, folks, so good luck with that if you're if you're interested in that. But I think my focus will be on a quiet place part two. So I think my reviews will be coming on that next week. And hopefully I'll I'll try to get to the Angelina Jolie movie. See if see if that has any juice or if it's any good. But that's gonna do it. And um again, the Friends reunion's coming up. And I got my my guest booked for for this episode that's upcoming. It won't be this next episode. I think it'll be the episode afterwards. And, and we're going to cover the entire Friends uh, reunion special. Anyways, you can find this podcast on Spotify, folks. Search Palace Off the Top Rope and hit that follow button. I would greatly appreciate it. I do share this podcast link through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the app. Or if you're an Apple person, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm still trying to take this podcast to the next level. I think I've reached, like, I don't know how many countries. And I've almost reached all 50 states here in the U.S. So I'm, I'm proud of myself. You know, little badges here and there for myself. Little pats on the back. You know, I, I'm just con- continuing to do this thing, and I, and I love it. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. God bless you.